are smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. Let's get to it. I'm always excited to talk to guests, but I think this is a topic that I'm personally jazzed in a different way because I don't even remember what it felt like to leap out of corporate into the entrepreneurial world. I, I Maybe I've like stashed that in the back of my head. So when I was talking to you, I should say a new friend, but actually we met a long time ago and didn't remember it, which was awesome to figure that out. Natalie, you have this recent experience of going from corporate to your own thing, starting up. And I really am grateful that you're going to share some of the emotional feelings that you've had around that. So let's just start by a little background. You were in what corporate doing what, and then now you're doing what? All right. Well, I'm so happy to be here with you. It's such an honor. So thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited. Um, Yeah, I uh, was in trade shows for 29 years and wasn't expecting to do that, but that was my career. That was the arc of where I was for the majority of my career. I've always been sort of uh, an entrepreneur of sorts. I started my last company. I was the first employee in Chicago, built it up. We had 17 people. Uh, We had a facility. There still is a facility, 33,000 square foot facility. So I'm a big believer when doors close, windows open, you have to fly through them. If you fly through them, you don't know how good or maybe things aren't as what you expect, but it could be even better. And if there's one thing that happened that I wasn't expecting was to work full time and go on partial unemployment. That was the pivotal moment. So if anyone is on unemployment, my heart goes out to you. It is not an easy thing to navigate, but when you're working 50 hours a week and it's like the I, I liken it to the orchestra on the Titanic. You're playing your music so that the, so that everyone around you is calm and you are seeing the iceberg. You're seeing the iceberg. You're not sure how to respond to the iceberg. And I was responsible for leading a team and always wanted to be encouraging. And I, um, I think they're all wonderful people. I left on really good terms, but it really gave me the opportunity to rethink where do I want to be? What is my legacy? And I have two daughters and I wanted to make an impact for women. And I decided this was the moment, if not now, when? So I took the, I flew through the window. Wow. And how long ago was that? That was uh, a year, not quite a year ago. I left uh, the beginning of this year. Okay. And as we're recording this, it's middle yes. of COVID. The world yes. is literally, the wheels are falling off. And here you are like, I'm going to fly. Like, I'm going <laughs> to fly. Like, like. I'm gonna fly. I figured, you know, and I had, interestingly, other opportunities come my way. I had another big, big company um, want me to take over uh, a couple companies that they were buying and stuff. And I, and I thought about it because, wow, wouldn't that have been an amazing opportunity? And I decided not to. I decided, you know this is the one time I, I have to do this. I can always come back to what I know, right. but I can never go forward if I don't take that step. So t- if you can remember a year ago when you were like, I'm going to fly, I'm going through the window. Yes. Here I go. <laughs> what was some you- crazy pills? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, let's, let's start with the positive. Like what, what was it like? You were like, what's going to be better? What's going to change in the, in a better sense for you? 
So I think the one thing that I wanted was to control the destiny for the future for me and the legacy. So there's when you're working for another company, as wonderful as it can be, you are not, no matter what, no matter where you are in that organization, you are still not the just the final decider unless you're the CEO, right? So, um, and even then, if there's a board, there's people telling you. So for me, I wanted that freedom to explore what is possible. And I feel very passionate about women feeling valued. And that was uh, one of the contributing factors, even though I was responsible for a tremendous amount of business development my whole career. I was always looked at and pigeoned in one place and I wanted just to take off. You know, I got to come back to the first part that you just said, because something, it didn't so much dawn on me, but I think it's really important for both of us and everyone who's listening. The lot, you know, having control, having the end all be all say so takes a little bit of balls, right? And I think granting yourself that you said, you know, I, I wanted that. I wanted to have that. You have to have confidence to even say it, let alone do it. And be crazy. <laughs> just kidding. I'm well, kidding. you know, it, it almost sounds it does take a little bit. I said it like that, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think that that is the motivator in a lot of cases for people to be like, I'm done. I don't want to be told what to do anymore. And yet for particularly women, I think it's hard to say to yourself, I deserve that. I want that. I deserve that. I'm capable of it. I don't need to take direction or cater to somebody else's needs right now. I want to do my own thing. And that, that takes a lot of confidence. So when you were thinking about that opportunity, what was, what was the, the scare? What was the like, Ooh, it may not work. Or can I really do this? Like what was in your head at the time that, what were the, the demons? I think we all have self-doubt at some point. The most confident people, you could ask Oprah and she'll tell you there's moments, right? Like it doesn't matter who you are. You could be, you know, someone like that of that stature. And she's, I'm sure had moments in her life and probably still does, although she would never admit to it. So I think the thing is that uh, just you don't know what you don't know. And I took a lot of courses. I'm a big course taker. So I, always am immersing myself in online learning. I, um, and I also like to finish my online learning. <laughs> Some people take the online courses and they'll do one course and they're like, they disappear. No, I like to speed through it. I want to learn as fast as I can. As my, I, I start every day. I read every day. I'm a constant learner. So I think that gave me a little confidence, but there's always that doubt of like, well, I have to figure this out because I have other people re- relying on me. And I've always had that. I've always been responsible for revenue generating for companies. I mean, at one point I was 70% of a business in my revenue. And so I'm used to that kind of responsibility, but it was a little scary being a hundred percent. And it's also a little bit harder to sell yourself than someone else's product. A little harder, it's, a lot it's harder. personal. And I've, I struggled a lot and I've done pivots. And the one thing I will say to your listeners is don't be afraid to make a pivot. Even if you think like, oh, but I said I was going to do this. It's okay to take a left or a right in the midst of when you are making your big, big thing that you're doing. So I've done a lot of lefts and rights. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. Pivots are not wrong. It doesn't acknowledge a mistake. It means that you found more information in a better 
path. And, you know, you're absolutely right. It's not even being afraid to pivot. It's almost being eager to pivot because it means you're on a better course, right? Totally. Yes. Um, I've taken a lot of, of those pivots in this last year. <laughs> it gets a little dizzying after a while, right? Pivot, pivot. <laughs> um, you know, so speaking of pivots, you know, anything particularly surprising, like you started down a path and you were like, oh, shoot, that was dumb or, you know, not not the one I want to go down. Anything particular shocks in the process? Yes. The biggest aha moment for me was I talked to my friends. That's, you know, I started her C-suite after talking to women and saying, how are you doing? And they said, I felt siloed. I feel siloed. They still do. Women still do. I mean, the statistics are out. The surprising thing was I thought I was so confident about executive women. And I thought, oh, I mean, that's my space. I'm going to invite all my friends and this is going to be great. And we're all going to be in this big community together. The surprising thing is that a lot of executive women are really busy. That's not that surprising. And it was just really hard to gain traction one-to-one. And I wasn't expect, I was not thinking that I was like, oh, I'm going to start with my friends. We're going to do these circles as mastermind and everybody's going to understand what I'm doing. Great. And I have this amazing community of women that have lifted me up over and over again throughout the last year. So I would say you need, you need your people, <laughs> you need your entourage. That being said, the, I really thought going direct to cons- the customer was not going to be what it is. It's really hard. And so I've pivoted to really B2B. That is my, that is where we are is B2B, but it took a little journey and it's not that we don't accept individual people, but the, to grow and make an impact, it has to be B2B. So that was my biggest, biggest pivot move. Aha. Wow. And there's some dark, dark moments. of I'm like, I've had seven, you know, all these conversations, no one's buying for me. What is up? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like hard. So, you know, dark moments and that's a very practical example. Like nobody's buying from me. Did you, that's a hard, personally, did you feel it was you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've sold over $110 million in my, my career. As I said, I was 70%. At one point I had a $20 million in, in trade shows, $20 million is pretty good. So average person does about 2 million, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million. So that kind of puts it in perspective. So I thought I'm a rainmaker. I'm confident. I can sell ice cubes, Eskimos. Like, I'm like, it's going to be great. No, it's not. So I would get on these calls and I would coach people actually, which is okay. I'm learning, right? Like I'm going along and I'm having these conversations. Tell me where you're at, what's going on. Did not matter. Pricing did not matter. It was just a very big learning curve. So some of it's your messaging, some of it's what you're offering. And some of it is understanding that maybe what you are doing needs to just have a little adjustment. And that's what I've learned, but boy, it can be hard sometimes. Uh, Sometimes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. As a, as someone who owns two companies, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is not my first two rodeos either. There is a daily moment of, oh shit. (laughs) What did I get myself into? How am I going to get out of it? Why isn't this working? You know, all those and, you know, they're not even just self-doubts. It's it's really no. almost like that moment of what was I thinking, right? So, you know, going back to your your corporate gigs, is there something that you like, you miss? Something that you just didn't expect that you would miss maybe? Well, the one thing I love is presenting. And you understand what I'm saying when I tell you this, because yes. you speak. So 
I love solving people's problems and presenting like those two things and being creative and solving things in a way that people don't expect and being very blue ocean strategy about how I bring that to them and not. And so I would say that that was hard because when you're an entrepreneur, you do everything you're doing. Like you got a team of seven people or whatever. Good luck. You, those people are not with you right now. You, you, I miss my team. If they listen to this, they'll know. And I cherish them still. I still talk to many of them. Um, so I think there's that part of it, but I've now mastered like, okay, if I go back to the B2B thing, I can still solve people's problems and still present and get creative. Yay. <laughs> Yeah. 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 You, you need to be, um, not even a jack of all trades. It's like yeah. literally the dishwasher, the window cleaner, know. you know, everything. And everything. I, up, I, I won't even throw them under the bus because I got an email today from somebody and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like they ask you to do stuff that they don't realize they have a whole department to do. And you're right? one person who has to do 4 million other things. No, I can't do that. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I know. It's like, <laughs> why haven't you said that to me? Well, it is not my priorities. My customers first, new customers, new customers and customers top, right? That's your time. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe down on the list, you know, you do those things that you want to do, but customers, yeah, but you know, sometimes you have to do things weird. to get paid. Right. And like, yes. Accounts payable people. Hello. <laughs> Small businesses cannot I, fill in the 15th form. So, you know, it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, um, have a, we could do a whole bunch of series on that. Oh yeah. Small business. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's pretty amazing, but you not know, for the saint of heart. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not for the week of stomach or heart or mm-hmm. anything. No, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, going forward, looking into the future, now that you're kind of over that year one mark and they say that startups need two years before they even really can start to move forward, um, in a, in a pattern. Um, I actually think it's more like a three to five year period, mm-hmm. um, personally, from what I've seen, not just my own businesses, but I teach at all the entrepreneurial centers. So, you know, I, I think that two year period is, is not for everybody. Um, so I don't want to put that on you at all, but like, if you look forward a year out from now, what are you most worried? What are you most looking forward to? I think I'm most looking forward to having made impacts for women and in a big way with companies, you know, that's the scalability part of it is when you go to a company and they have a hundred, a thousand or whatever the number is that exponentially, when we lift one, we lift the, we raise the whole tide. That's really important to me. I think the scary part is, um, you know, you have, there's a lot of business in between and it's the smooth, you got to get the smooth ride going. So investors and all of that, that part is a little bit scarier and it's hard mm-hmm. again, like pitching investors, um, when it's your thing, it's a little bit different than, um, you know, delivering a product or things like that. So that would be probably what I would say. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. Anything that you wish you knew uh, a year ago, you know, when you were making that, should I open the window decision? Anything that would have been really good to know then? Well, I spent a year developing a platform and a very complex platform. And I think I would have liked to have known what I know now before I (laughs) spent a lot of time perfecting this wonderful platform that everybody loves. But 
there were a lot of things I could have done to gain momentum with customers that I was, you know, when you're doing everything, all the hats, and I'm really lucky to have an amazing, amazing creative director who's been with me since the beginning. Um, she's created seven websites for me. And then we're partnering kind of on this, uh, not kind of, she does like everything. So I couldn't live without her. Um, and so Megan, if you're listening, this is, this goes out to you. <laughs> um, but I think that it's just so um, easy to look at, at um, the whole, everything. And I'm, I am a visionary. I'm not an integrator. So I'm like 5,000 ideas every second. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, we're going to make, we're going to have, you know, rewards in the platform. Let's do that. Instead of like, well, what are we delivering to the customer? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love so a it. lot of, a lot of, a lot of investment, uh, you know, self-funded. So a lot of investment in tech. <laughs> That's all I can say. My friend, my second time friend. I love Yay! it. I love it. My second time friend finding ourselves crossing paths again, many, many yes. years later. Um, we're going to talk again for sure. Um, podcasts and otherwise we're going to yes. get all kinds of show notes and ways to reach you, but just a quickie on the actual podcast, best way to find you is what? Is both at her csuite.com, H-E-R-C-S-U-I-T-E.com, or I'm on LinkedIn. And I love hearing from people. If I can help you in any way, reach out to me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom and your bravery. And we're, we've got you covered in the back. We are big fans. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise to you too. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. So before we completely wrap up, I want to let you know that full transcripts and show notes for this and other episodes can be found on the website, www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com forward slash podcast. I also want to remind you once again, that the best way to get confidence for yourself is to give it to others. And you can do it so easily just by liking and sharing this episode on your favorite social media channels. You can even give me some confidence fuel by sending in any comments about the topics I've covered or ones you'd like me to consider for the future. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. Thank you for helping to bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.